Hey guys, this is Mookie from Even More About Nothing, and we just want to share a quick word from our sponsors. Jouet.co is an awesome website that sells fashionable, comfortable gaming clothing for nerds, geeks, and everyone into that kind of stuff. If you want to check out their awesome clothes from brands like FIFA, Final Fantasy, Dragon Ball Z, and Pokemon Go, check out the website Jouet.co. That's J-O-U-E dot C-O. What's up, guys? You're joined on another episode of Even More About Nothing. I am one of your hosts, Rafiki. And I am the other host, Mookie. But the guy, usurper, this heathen, heathen. Don't start with me. This guy who claims some sort of fealty to the throne is also here. I mean, if we're going by recent records, I've been on more episodes than you. That's false. That's, that's categorically <laughs> absolutely false. I said by recent records, not the entire record, recent records. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But Matt's back. Wanna thank you again for joining us on another episode of Even More About Nothing. This is a show where two, three, sometimes four, and every once in a while eight people sit around this table and we talk about the stuff that's interesting to us. Um, fair warning. Um, right now, this is a giant spoiler cast for episode, um, whatever episode this is. This is going to be a Rogue One spoiler cast. Um, we all saw Rogue One, um, and starting right now, pretty much warning you we're going to spoil the movie. So, we're going to talk about it a You lot. can go see the movie, come back. Yeah, preferably if you see it, then come back and listen to it. Or if you don't or care. Or listen to us, go see the movie. Listen to it again, and then tweet us and tell us we were right. <laughs> you could also do that. Or if we were wrong, you can tweet us and tell us that, too. Highly unlikely, but anyway. Um, also on this episode, um, some fun stuff has been popping up. There's a new patent going around for a Nintendo Switch that could reveal some stuff. Um, but this is also going to be um, part one, two, or three or all parts of our year-end wrap-up. Are we doing that on the next episode? We still have one more week. Yeah, so, so. maybe part one of our year-end wrap-up or next week's episode is going to be the three-hour episode where we wrap up our year. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, but additionally, some other fun stuff to really like talk about um, as far as video games, particularly with the end of the year and how expensive 2017 is going to be as a gamer. Like, yeah, it's going to get gonna it's going to get pretty intense. It's going to get really really intense, especially on the PlayStation Four side. Just period, period. The, these Overwatch loot boxes ain't cheap. Let me just say that they add up quick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. And I want to have a I want to have a discussion about. Um, some things later in the episode. Right, let's go ahead and get into it. Whatever right. you guys want to start off with. Um, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and kick us yeah, off. Uh, just start with some uh, minor, more secondary stuff in this week's news. So uh, I'll go ahead and start with something that's pretty near and dear to us because we grew up with it. We're going to start with uh, Power Rangers. Uh, not the movie uh, because there's not much detail on that, but they're coming out with another season, yeah. um, the 24th season, I believe, and it's going to be called Ninja Steel. Now, first of all, I'm excited about it because they're getting back to ninjas. Right. It's been a while. It's and, been a while. yeah, 
And they've always done well um, whenever their team is based off of some sort of either like ancient school or ancient style of training that they've done. We've seen like Ninja Storm that was uh, a huge success in our opinion. (laughs) Um, Samurai was also really good. Jungle Fury was really good. Um, But yeah, when they really stuck to the roots, we're not going to talk about Mystic Force. I mean, it was all right, but... Whenever they like, wise it was one of the better ones. Yeah, action wise, action wise, it wasn't. Mystic Force was actually good. Story wise, it was. When did this happen? Because Mystic Force has always been the worst, in my opinion. Besides, besides, obviously, you didn't finish. Okay, (laughs) no, no, don't don't get me wrong. It started off very, very bad, but towards the latter half of its series, it actually had a couple twists that actually made the story worthwhile. If you ask me the worst story, oh, uh, uh, Overdrive. Mm. Point blank, period. Right. Overdrive, worst one. I don't know. And then you build from there. Right, yeah. yeah. Overdrive Anyways, is Anyways, yeah, we're not debating about what was the worst season of Power Rangers. We all know which one it is. And if you've heard some, some of the earlier... Costume-wise, he's oh, not gosh. wrong. Right. He Listen, is not wrong. They it's... have floaty capes. <laughs> <laughs> Why must <laughs> <I listened laughs> they have... <laughs> Floaty capes. Like I said, we're not here to talk about. What even like a season. full cape? It was a floaty shoulder cape. <laughs> like what is a so? <laughs> who said shoulder capes were okay? <sighs> All right, I don't know. Anyway, so Mystic Force. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we're not talking about that right no, now. But no. yeah, I'm really excited because I always enjoyed when they had those uh, traditional uh, like. Forms of fighting, like in the first one, obviously it's iconic because they were the first, uh, the Angel Grove crew, uh, but they were just happened to be good at martial arts. They weren't like necessarily like in a school where they were training and being bred to but do all this. But at least they knew. But they knew. But and I'm not saying there aren't other ways or other teams that have been recruited. Like SPD was amazing, but it wasn't any sort of like like traditional training it was the future it was space Patrol and it, it was as far as that it was also like it was like a police academy yeah it wasn't just one set of rangers there were a lot of set of rangers yeah yeah and it still boggles me well i mean i know they say from like day one but i like that they focused on b squad rather than a squad but we're not talking about that we're talking about ninja steel and um just to kind of give you guys because it's supposed to start in 2017 i think it's January, yeah, like January like, 2017. I think it's at the turn of the year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like really early in the year. But anyways, uh, but here's actually the official synopsis. I don't know if you've I haven't read actually it. read it. Yeah. So uh, with the franchise's 24th season, Saban Brand's Power Rangers Ninja Steel starts deep in space, where Galvanax, I'm guessing that is the evil villain, is the reigning champion of the most popular intergalactic game show in the universe, in which monsters battle to prove who is the mightiest warrior. Oh, okay. So I know some villains have done the whole, like, uh, game show thing, and sometimes I haven't been a fan of it, but I'm interested because it's... Well, we'll talk about it whenever I'm done with the synopsis here. Yeah. Galvin X is determined to become invincible by controlling the mythical Ninja Nexus Prism, which contains six supernatural ninja power stars. The only thing standing in his way is a new team of heroic teenage Power Rangers who possess it. 
The evil Galvanax sends his warrior contestants down to Earth to steal the Ninja Power Stars, where each epic battle against the Power Rangers is broadcast throughout the universe. Together, the Rangers must master their arsenal of Ninja Power Stars, Zords, and Megazords, each made of legendary Ninja Steel, in order to stop this evil threat and save Earth from destruction. Okay. Um, okay, I like I like. there's a little more of a driven purpose lately with a lot of the um, Power Rangers are starting to give a little more background on, on the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say definitely my favorite one in recent memory had to be for the first... Uh, the first half of Dino Charge because there was like an actual like huge like not a huge story but you knew why he was doing what he was doing um, Game Show was a little vague being the best who I mean anybody wants to be the best but as far as what, what was his name Sludge I think it was he was an intergalactic bounty hunter so he was capturing monsters and capturing just and the power gems for the rangers like he was and then the cool thing was that they said this man had a fiance, and he was supposed to be done after he got all the power gems. And I'm like, okay, that that's enough to kind of like say, all right, that that's that's enough motive to like want to get these power gems because he's a bounty hunter, have the power, then he can continue to capture, and then he he's gonna he's gonna sit down by his wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, in the intergalactic game show, like they've done it for like one-off episodes of various seasons of Power Rangers. And it's more so uh, been, like, I don't want to say, like, the more comical episodes of Power Rangers, but a lot of times they've been, it's been not as action-packed. It's more character development. Yeah. And they're just kind of, like, eh. Yeah, so for them to do an entire season... um, They have great ideas. Yeah, but the thing is, what really sets apart, I guess the name, uh, like, saying game show is kind of off-putting because of the connotations that go with it, but it's, I'm thinking of it more of just, like, he is broadcasting, like, gladiator battles. Okay. That's the the way that I see it. So it's almost like War World, in a sense. Yeah. That's that's the way that I'm portraying it. if you've never read that comic on DC side... Please, please do yourself a favor and go find it. Wouldn't you agree? Say that one more time. Voltron! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's a little... <laughs> we're, we're just going to skip over that, but... I have a lot of words for you. You know a little well. Anyways, but yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about this uh, new team, like... Whenever, like I said, whenever they do that, like the formal training of some traditional uh, style of fighting, I love it when they use that for Power Rangers. And they've generally been an overall success when they take that route. Um, not to say that other ways haven't been successful, but uh, so there's six of them, and they have White Ranger, Blue Ranger, Red, Yellow, Pink, and then I think Gold as well. Okay. Which, so, wait, so it's six rangers, right? It's six rangers. So not five. Okay. Well, it's generally always been six. This last one, we had ten. And I was like, huh? Right, that's a lot. To, but anyways, uh, I so I want to... It's kind of interesting um, in terms of, like, ranger color choice. Because I know there's always been... I guess there really hasn't been 
a staple that says like this is like what you can expect in terms of like ranger colors every single season well obviously you have like red you have blue and then i guess you could say yellow is one of the other staples that really run throughout the seasons um but usually whenever they have like blue red yellow and pink you either tend to see like black or green filling that fifth spot but instead they opted to go with white which which is is kind of yeah which is interesting um so I mean, there's no. I don't know if we can read too much into it. I just thought it was an interesting choice. And then um, also opting to go with a gold, somewhat of a gold ranger, while there's a yellow, like an existing yellow ranger. That's also I don't know. The last time well, we they saw did that, that, they did that was in Samurai. Samurai. Yeah, but except that's it wasn't like a solid gold, though. right? So, and I think this one is kind of based on not necessarily that concept but it's not like a solid gold or something like that um yeah i mean it's it's interesting i'm excited for it and hopefully they won't let us down with this one because i'll be honest i did not watch dino charge at all it's it's one of the better ones in recent in in recent years i'm not gonna put it like that high overall I'd have to go back and kind of refresh my memory on some some of the other ones mm-hmm. but I would say overall from what I've seen and what I watch which I'm very close to finishing um, I definitely put on the top half mm-hmm. top half of all the Power Rangers so okay anyways anyway. yeah so be watch out 2017 uh, Power Rangers Ninja Steel is happening <coughs> And so, quick question before we move over. So, we talk about, like, the ninjas steal. With the last ninjas we had, they were Wind Rangers. And and if you watch the trailer, it, like, you see the Blue Ranger. At first, he does, like, some water sort of sorcery or something like that. I don't want to say magic because, I mean, they're ninjas. Unless we're going the Naruto route. But he used, he, had, he put up some sort of water shield. And I was like, wait, so are they elemental? Kind of like Ninja Storm was? But then later on in the same trailer, you see him, like, shooting some sort of fireballs as well, like the Blue Ranger. And so, I don't know. It's interesting thinking, like, what do you think uh, their concept of power is? I think it's probably along the lines of Naruto, in which um, as long as you have chakra, mana, whatever magical fount they draw source from, uh, you can cast spells. I think it's probably along the line of... I think it's probably if you, if what you're saying is accurate, they're probably going to go along the line of more hand to hand combat, mm-hmm. but they have limited spells or, and I'm sure some of them are going to specialize. Right, right. He's probably a, there's probably going to be a generalist, and then of course, now I'm going to be a nerd for a second. Um, in the magical world, um, the more spread out you are, um, the less intense your spells are. So um, so that's why in Naruto. Some of the best ones are those who specific work on two to three. That's why Sasuke, the Uchiha clan, is particularly deadly with fire magic because they've been doing fire magic for fifty years. So what is that? No, no, no. For five for five generations, they've been focusing on fire magic. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that Sasuke has some of the best fire magic in the game. Coincidentally, they also have a propensity or leaning towards lightning magic, so they're pretty good there too. But their main source of 
power or like their their real strength is fire magic. Um, so it would be really interesting to see if they go that deep into it, especially if they go into like, is this going to be like Japanese ninjas? I mean, I know a lot of people don't think that Chinese culture has ninjas, but mm. it's very it's a very real thing. So right. depending on which way they go, um, it could it could mean different things, particularly for like magic, um, yeah. magic use at least. Um, it'd be fun to get another good Power Rangers because it's been a long time. So, yeah, I'm ready. Cool. Alright, next topic. Uh, do you want to do video games? Because I feel like once we get started on Rogue One, it might Well, we have a couple of some other stuff yeah. before we hop into Rogue One. Um, let's, let's talk about Jump Festa real quick. Um, if you don't know what Jump Festa is or involved in just a lot of the anime, manga, you know, video game world, especially on the Japanese side. Jump Fest is one of their festivals they have every year. Um, Square Enix made an appearance. Um, I mean, it, it, like, there's there's not much to expect from it in terms of uh, Kingdom Hearts. I know some people were expecting some Kingdom Hearts stuff. They just gave us a short video that we've seen that someone posted of 2.8. I mean, uh, not 2.8. 1.8 um, plus 2.5. Yeah, plus 2.5. Um, so it actually, so found out it actually wasn't officially posted by, um, yeah, by Square, by Square Enix. Enix. Um, so the, for one, the, the imagery or the gameplay, actually it wasn't even gameplay. We didn't even get, it game. was just, yeah, cutscenes. It was just cutscenes and it was very low quality. So I'm sure it was a combination of it being on a projector slash he <laughs> fills out a phone or something. Uh, but. I think the same thing happened with one of the earlier 2.8 trailers where someone posted it ahead of time and all of a sudden, boom, we get a fully upgraded, you know, visual mm-hmm. plus a longer trailer. So I think the same thing will happen here. Um, I hope so because I saw a trailer that was like actual. It wasn't like someone posted it. I don't know who posted it, but it wasn't. Like, it wasn't a recording. It was actually yeah. It was in-game. from the it was from the live stream. It was from the live stream and okay. the quality. Like here's my thing. The quality looked like it's a PS3 game. If they were gonna, if they spent all this time announcing, hey, we're bringing this game to PS4, don't give us a PS3 port. Upgrade it to PS4. Like, like, do the due diligence. If you're gonna put the time and resources to repackage this game and expect us to buy it, do your part. And at minimum, at bare minimum, upgrade the graphics. Now, like, I'm not saying like I, I, it's not, I know it's not that easy. But at least, like, look at the jump. And again, again, like, this is this is Naughty Dog. They probably knew ahead of time. And it's a different kind of game. But look at, you could tell there's a difference between Last of Us on the PS3 and the PS4. The difference, are, you could spot those. Like, it's easy to see. So don't repackage the game and just say, oh, by the way, we're remastering it. No, that's not remaster. You're just putting out the same game. So I, I really hope that this is just a, hey, this is trailers from 1.5 and 2.5 on the PS3. This is not the PS4 footage. We are going to put PS4 footage up. Because it looks, like, it looked jagged. Like, it looked, like, yeah, the, it did. Did not look great. But, like, I'm, I'm, honestly, I don't think, from my standpoint, after kind of watching that video, kind of looking around the internet, see what, what is existing... I'm honestly, like, not that worried about it, especially since it didn't end up on Square Enix's official page. And I don't think they would necessarily do the fans that grimy. 
Like, don't don't get me wrong. I'm sure some shady stuff might happen. I mean, <laughs> but like, after, like, and again, after all the things that happened with Kojima and Konami last year, the gaming media and the fans have to begin to hold these companies accountable. Because everything that happened with Kojima and Konami last year should not have been allowed to happen. That was corporate greed at its finest. But we're not going to get into that. So, um... Yes, I am a Kingdom Hearts fan. Yes, I am the most critical on this podcast of Kingdom Hearts, especially Crane Enix Japan and all the things they're doing. Um, it's Crane Enix Idios and Montreal and all the other people. They're cool. They handle their business. Like, whoever is handling, like, Tomb Raider, they're killing it. Like, they managed to keep their games under wraps for the most part, but they put their games out on a great schedule. I mean, a lot of people felt sideways because they put out Tomb Raider, and it took a whole year to come out on Xbox One and a whole year to come out on PS4. But when it did come out on PS4, it was like, hey, here's the 20th anniversary. Boom, it plays on PlayStation Pro in this 4K mode. Boom, it has all this content on there. You don't have to pay anything extra. It's just included in the box. 60 bucks, here you go. Have it. A song like them. So that's how you, if you're gonna, that's how you do a repackaging. And that's within the same genre. So if they're gonna bring something over that people have already paid for, and this leads actually leads into something. People have already paid for one, one point. They already paid for one and two. And then they paid again for 1.5 and 2.5. If we're expected to pay for 1.25 again for a second time, so essentially we're paying for the same game for a third time, and I'm guilty. I played Skyrim like six times. Technically two times because we finally, at least America, yeah. we finally got remastered. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, uh, Final Mix yeah. version. And again, I'm not I'm not opposed to, like, I've bought Skyrim Special Edition twice. I bought Skyrim Regular Edition like three times. I've paid way too much money for Skyrim, but I love that game. So I get it. If you love the game, you're going to buy it. Don't get me wrong, that's not what I'm saying. Do, the companies have to do their part on it to make Make it at least, at least look good. At least look good. There are too many good-looking games on the PS4 to let them slide with something like this. Ratchet & Clank is in the same aesthetic style, so they can at least make it look as good as Ratchet & Clank. And that game looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, finish up what you're going to say, and I'll lead into what I want to say. Um, wait, is it concerning Kingdom Hearts? Or? No, it's concerning backwards compatibility and some other things. But, you know, go ahead. Oh, because I was still staying in the sphere of Jump Festa because it's going to yeah. shift from gaming to anime a little bit. That's fine. I'll bring it up again. Cool. You can bring it up again later. Um, so, anyways, um, with that being said, and like I said, I'm not super worried. I'm just waiting for the Square Enix to actually post it. Then we'll know for sure what we're dealing with. But I think... We're a little preemptive here. I think at least the community, because you can start to see people raging a little bit. And and I think what you said is holding the companies accountable is great. But I think on this one, we might have jumped the gun just a little bit. But we'll see. Time will tell. Um, that's And I think they upped the date for the release of it. It's a terrible idea because it's going to get pushed back again. Because at first it was like the end of March, I think. Yeah, and I think they pushed up to like the 9th. The beginning of the month. Yeah, we're going to get pushed back again. I was like, I, that, that's, that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh yeah, I thought it was coming out on the, it was like the, either the 21st or the 27th, something like that. And I was like, that's at least two weeks earlier. What's going on? So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so, moving on. Uh, next on the list, if you have not heard... News is going on everywhere. It's starting to pop up like wildflower, uh, wildfire. Yeah. Wildflower. Wildflower? Is that I a Pokemon? <laughs> Might as well be. Mm-hmm. 
anyways, um, so Jump Fest is actually still currently going on, if I did not mention that. Um, but news popped up that w- two things. We're finally getting, uh, we finally got the confirmation Naruto's been rebranded for the new anime, and it's Baruto, Naruto the Next Generation is the title. Um, and so yeah, so from what it sounds like, um, because the, uh, we're actually recording here on a Saturday, and the news came out probably a handful of hours ago, um, for officially. And so they were talking about how we're going to be looking at the next generation. So um, it's still not clear whether they're going to be starting uh, following the manga because it's still pretty fresh and they're doing monthly releases. Um, and to mention, they're still kind of rehashing the movie in a sense. From Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so are they going to start from the movie aspect? Because I, I can guarantee you a lot of the people that are going to watch it have already seen the movie. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if they do, I mean, that's cool. <clears throat> but probably the most uh, interesting thing that was released in the announcement was the talk of Mitsuki, who is Boruto's uh, squad mate. They said he... We need to explain his lineage a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I'll explain that here. Um, but so Mitsuki um, is, through some form of fashion, Orochimaru's child. If you've kept up with Naruto, uh, you know who Orochimaru is. You know if he you die. If you don't, if you haven't watched Naruto at all, um, ask a friend who has. <laughs> <laughs> ask a friend about Orochimaru and watch no, him score him. I'm just kidding. Ugh. Yeah, Orochimaru was. Um, a good villain, like a, for a good chunk of the Naruto series or the Naruto lifespan of the anime and manga, Orochimaru was the overarching villain. Yeah, the overarching villain, and then that, and later on in Shippuden, it morphed into Sasuke. Um, after spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, Sasuke killed Orochimaru, but he comes back um, through some form of fashion, and then it forms into another villain who was working behind the scenes. But so Orochimaru was an antagonist for a long time; like he was the antagonist of the Hindley Village and everyone really. So to have um, an offspring of Orochimaru in the Leaf Village, learning with Naruto's child and being on the same uh, team, that's already an interesting storyline there because when you first see him in like uh, Boruto Naruto, the last movie, you're just like, oh, hey, that's Mitsuki, that's cool because we literally heard like nothing about him leading up to this. You just see him and it's like, oh, wait a minute, who is this? And then I think in a manga, he's just like, oh, Rochimaru's my dad. But anyways, that's a little bit of his lineage. You know, the funny thing was for a while, we were like, was he his dad, his mother, his wife? <laughs> we weren't really sure about it. And then I remember when Rochimaru first popped up, like, in Naruto, and people were just, like, making Michael Jackson comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about I remember that. We're not, here to, we're not here to talk about that. I remember, that eyeliner was serious, though. I know, man. It was weird. It was really weird. Anyway. But thus, like, the most interesting thing to come out is that Mitsuki, pretty much off the bat, is going to have sage powers. So, for those of you that don't understand what that means... Uh, ask a friend. Right. <laughs> ask a friend. <laughs> uh, but, like, in the Naruto realm, uh, there are ninja that are able to um, essentially utilize nature around them and create energy to fortify and strengthen their jutsus and their chakra output and essentially make them more powerful. 
um, that's usually in tandem with um, some form of summoning animal that they've made a contract with that uh, essentially teaches them, along with like a mentor or something, to utilize that nature chakra and thus achieve sage mode. We've seen it with... Uh, Sunny. The Sanin, we've seen it with now Naruto and Sasuke. And I'm sure there are other people that have utilized it that I'm not thinking about at the moment. Um, but now Mitsuki is the latest person to utilize uh, Sage Mode. Which so, it probably goes without saying, Boruto being the son of Naruto. I don't want to say it's, it's a foregone conclusion that he knows how to use Sage. But he will at some point. But at some point... Sage will come to him. Now, there's some things that came to Naruto's dad that Naruto never got. Like, Naruto never got a flash step. Anything remotely close to as fast as his dad. Yeah, later on in the and series, during dies. the Great Ninja War. In the Great Ninja when, when War. He has his he as, Biju, when he, he has his Biju form. Is he as fast as Minato? Yeah. Probably faster. faster. Oh, really? Yeah. Faster. But only in his Biju mode because uh, there was the episode where... Okay, but that's like, again, that's cheating. Like, Minato was able to use... But like, Minato was using teleportation, not necessarily yeah. actually that fast. Okay, in that case, if we're going to get down to technicalities. Okay, yeah. So, it might come, <laughs> it might come to one of these things where, like... Okay, okay, let's put it this way. Minato formed the Rasengan, right? He could yeah. do it one-handed. Mm-hmm. Naruto, for some reason, just mentally, like his ADD wouldn't allow him to form it one-handed. So he usually... In the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he like it, he evolves it into his own form where like... But remember, he uses the Rasengan beach. was incomplete. It was though. incomplete. And then like he uses two hands and then he gets to using clones and then he uses like Bijou form hands and then just... All sorts of different, like, it gets weird by the end. There's like 19 different Rasengans Naruto can use. Um, Rasen Shuriken is probably still my favorite, though. Because yeah. throw it and it's just bars. Um, so, I feel like something might happen with Boruto. He might, like, discover more about the, 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 the sage mode. It might come to him differently. It might be easier. It might be harder. He'll probably evolve it past the state of his father. Because it seems like... This uh, like Naruto is all about ascension. Like, mm-hmm. although the first and the second are still the two, might be the strongest. Like, they are just ever. They are. Like yeah. the first and the second might be the strongest. And ever. and and I'm glad you brought that up because we don't even know for sure because Naruto learned it through, uh, like Gamakichi and then the leader of the Frog Nation apparently. That's part of Sage Mode. Yeah, it's just Sage Mode and stuff like that. Um, because it also, I think, is a lot dependent on the contract you have for summoning. Because Borto will have to make his own contract. We don't know he'll stick with Toads. He may find something different. He might even, uh, maybe, I really don't hope it's like serpents like Sasuke. Because Sasuke will teach him a good chunk of what he knows, probably. Yeah, I really hope it's not serpents. It might be Hawk. Because, I mean, it turns from, he, like, his, like... Sasuke's team stops being serpents and changed to hawks, mm-hmm. and he all of a sudden like has a contract with a bird. Okay, you know what? Well, that's something. It, it, it is not. It is not the strongest one, but I like it because this character has it. Dogs. Dogs. I was about to say the dog contract is pretty dope. I don't know, but you can't. But the thing is, nice, but the thing is, it's nice because with like 
the serpent and frog, you got Gamma Bunta. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. But the thing is, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have some giant ass canine <laughs> <laughs> that you're gonna summon. I mean, here's my thing: the Keeper Clan technically has contracts with dogs. Um, although we don't necessarily understand how like deep, how it works, like yeah. uh, we don't understand like how they, deep, they, yeah, we don't understand how deep their contract goes because like they have the dog from birth, yeah, because like the child has the dog from birth, so we don't know if it's like a breeding thing where they breed dogs as well as having. I contract. think that I think that one's more of breeding dogs. Yeah, but the, the, here's my thing: they also at some point have summoning jutsus where dogs pop up, especially during the war. I think. Um, well, I know they're. I mean, they are like one of the greatest breeding clans. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's to be assumed that they have a dog contract. Yeah, that's that's very very true. Um, so that was some there deep cuts right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We 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 kind of got. Sorry, we're we got, yeah. we got we got lost in our own sauce for a second. Deep cuts. Yeah, deep but cuts. yeah, Naruto's another thing that's coming out. At least the new Boruto uh, anime, which is coming out uh, next year. Yes. So we're excited. Uh, continuing on the Naruto path, it was announced that Hollywood will do a live action film. We're all worried. <laughs> we're all very, we're all very whelmed. Right we all now. saw what happened to Dragon Ball. We're all very whelmed. Let's hope they learn from that mistake. Mm-hmm. Listen, and again, um, coincidentally, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about this. Sometimes some things aren't meant to be done. Just leave it alone. Like video game movies, like. After Assassin's Creed, I think we just need to resign the fact that this might not work. However, this is what will be different about it. This is the kicker. This is why, like, even though we're still worried about it, this is why we're going to have hope. Kashimoto is going to be involved with the project. Okay, but that's... Okay, okay, yes, I get it. But in the same thing, like, the same... We still haven't seen it, and I think it's actually going to be the first good anime live-action movie is Ghost in the Shell. And the writer of the original Ghost in the Shell has paid set visits, he's contracted. He's not involved, but he's been paying attention. Just because they're allowing him on set doesn't mean he's, like, can have an influence. Because at the end of the day, he's still, like, the Hollywood machine, you know? That's true. But after seeing but, Rogue I mean, One, which we're going to get into, let me tell you, if they got a budget, I don't know if they got a Disney budget, which they're probably not going to. Okay, so but, like, but, but here's... CGI has come a long way, let's just say here, it Here's basically this article, what the article was saying, even though they've announced it, it sounds like whoever has pitched this idea, whoever has brought it to Hollywood, they're basically saying that they have flown in Kashimoto to be a part of the project. I don't think that it was that he's like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna oversee this movie. I think they really want to make sure that they hit all the strides they need to hit. So there's hope. I'm not saying it's gonna be a fantastic film, but there is glimmers of hope. Here's my thing. Glimmers of hope. Glimmers of hope. I think it needs to be a standalone story, much like the animes do it. It's a standalone story that exists somewhere in the universe on the timeline. I am concerned with Hollywood trying to fit 158,000 chapters in a two and a half hour movie. There's that. I mean, we. Look That's what Hollywood look, is known for doing. Like, like a Green they, Lantern. Oh my goodness! They tried to. Three different comic... And the timeline was messed up on top of that. We're not going to talk about Green We're not going to talk about it. Trying to mix in Sinestro Course War with, I'm with not, Year I'm One. Not, I'm like, I'm how? Gonna, and then you're going to throw in Parallax. Like, bro, like... So, the Hollywood machine is... Uh, obviously, no. Some people have said, not the greatest. Um, especially when they see potential for money. Um, obviously... Um, 
Naruto has been a money printing license for a while now. Even in its twilight years, um, the fandom is still at a fever pitch. Um, anything, any, anytime anything Naruto related pops up, fans go crazy and buy a bunch of stuff. I mean, the games are still selling a lot. Um, so it's uh, it's I'm excited. I'm interested. I want to see. Something I'm not interested, something I'm probably not going to see, things I'm very, very fearful of is that Power Rangers movie because that trailer looked bad. Well, it didn't look bad. I was very whelmed with that trailer. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Moving on to what you guys want to talk about. <laughs> I think um, not necessarily... Well, I guess... Was this in... Okay, we'll just go ahead and talk about it. Just uh, So there's a new Pokemon movie, if you guys didn't know. Um, it's called Pokemon the Movie, I Choose You, and it's about the one legendary Pokemon that has not had a movie yet. Surprisingly, because it's the first one you see in the entire Pokemon series. It is Ho-Oh. Yeah, you're not wrong. And so what was shown was just like a 30, 40 second uh, little teaser trailer. Um, and really the only thing that got us hyped about it, and rightly so, is that Ash is donning his Gen okay. 1 outfit. Yeah. So I, I think, and it, even those who haven't seen it or you're hearing us tell you for the first time, hearing that, just the title alone, Pokemon, the movie, I Choose You, which was more so an American catchphrase. Um, so it's really taking us full circle um, on this journey that we've gone um, gone on um, so that I choose you the old you know the old clothing I think I think we're gonna definitely get the Pokemon of old but with a new fresh take I think with what they started to do um, in terms of the new Pokemon series Sun and Moon I think we'll get we'll see or maybe action wise maybe it'll be the action of what we saw in XYZ because that action that Pokemon action is what we've been begging for for years mm-hmm. for years hopefully we'll see that in, so in then, this movie a couple questions I have uh, with this one uh, does that mean we're gonna get the old squad back together does that mean we're gonna have Brock and Misty or are we still yeah, is it just it, back. right or is it just gonna be Ash on a like a solo mission uh, type thing with his aspirations of becoming a Pokemon master. I th- oh shoot! I hope I, it's what you just said. I hope it's uh, the newer style. Here's my thing. I think I'm hoping for a fusion of the two. Like newer so. style, the fast-paced action, the more I don't want to say necessarily darker, but more like in touch with the audience. Um, Pokemon still is a, is designed for children. The audience that has grown up with it isn't necessarily left it behind. It's something that's kind of carried along. I mean, look at when we went to the city. We were on the plaza playing Pokemon Go. Literally half the population was over thirty. So, um, so I think it's something that's probably got to be a little bit more sincere, a little bit more honest. But it's still, I want the OG. I want the OG crew back with the new style of. Like the new storytelling, the new action, the new fast-paced events, um, yeah. So kind of a fusion to try and you know bring the old guys back in while you know letting the young guns still run yeah. things. So then, how like fused do you want it to be? Do we still do we still want to like go back and then start including Mega Evolution into this, or do we want it to just be 
like, essentially a different angle of retelling, like, Ash's beginning. Like, we don't know um, officially what it's supposed to be, but just banter here. Um, I'll be perfectly honest, I'm not exactly sure. I think I want... I think we should stick, like, I don't think we should go back as far as, like, evolutions and things are concerned. I think we keep, like, the current, like, roster of Pokemons, the current evolutions, like, all the things. We keep that. We keep the action. We keep the style. But you bring back, like, the nostalgia of, like, older characters, maybe some throwback Pokemon that don't really get as much shine, like, Survivor, maybe bring out a Survivor. He was Gen... Gen 4. Gen 4. Well, Arbok. Well, Gen 3. Arbok, you mean Arbok? Well, I mean, Jesse had Arbok, so... But it's not shown in the newer ones. Yeah, Arbok. Um, Togepi and Mysterio used to carry around. That was Gen 2, but okay. But it it was carried in Gen 1 for a long time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and bring back Togepi. I mean, I'm saying I want, like, to bring back from different gens is what I'm saying, so... Mm -hmm. um, that might be a lot, though, because if we're donning on Gen 1, because he donned the Gen 1 clothes up until, well, through Johto, which was Gen 2, and then we started getting away from... Well, no, all of Master Quest... Yeah, Master Quest was Johto, because mm-hmm. um, he went back to Kanto. Um, yeah, it wasn't until when they started bringing out Gen 3 that he changed the clothes, but that was a new region altogether, so... So, I mean, I could see them doing up to Gen 2, but... Yeah. Depends on where they decide to start this story. Or at least take the story. Or say. whether it's actually going to be about Hellwar or not, because that'd be interesting. Because, um, I mean, you just hear snippets of it within Pokemon. They'll talk about it. They talk about the Burn Tower whenever they're exploring Johto and all that. But it'll be interesting. Um, in other news regarding Pokemon, earlier this week... We finally got what we've been asking for, for all those Pokemon Go fans. Uh, they started releasing Gen 2 Pokemon, but the only way you can catch them is by getting eggs from Pokestops and hatching. So, as of right now, uh, those eggs, or the few Pokemon they've included from Gen 2, are all the baby Pokemon that have been in, in, introduced in uh, Johto. So, that would be uh, Magby, Iglypuff, Pichu, Smoochum... Uh, LA Kid, and there's another one that I'm probably forgetting. But, and but really, I'm excited. It's been a long time coming. I just want a Typhlosion. That's really all I care about. Typhlosion. But um, in terms of what they've released, LA Kid, uh, which evolves into Electabuzz, if you didn't know, is the uh, is the only baby Pokemon that is found in a 10k egg. Wait, which one? LA Kid. Oh. Is going to be in a 10K egg. So, uh, they... Oh, and they also have Togepi included in this one as well, if you didn't know. Um, so, yeah. Thoughts? Like, I'm getting back on Pokemon Go. Like, I fell off for a while because hashtag school life. Uh, but that's definitely a reason for me to get back on Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Halloween thing was kind of cool, like yeah. how they changed it to where a lot of ghost Pokemon, a lot of ghost and yeah. dark Pokemon popped up. So I think if they continue to do seasonal things, I think they're taking too long because the, yeah, they took really? too long. If you ask me, they took too long to come out with any sort of meaningful like additions to the Pokemon. Well, but at the same time, they, told, yeah. they told us, actually, the funny thing is, they're actually right on time because they said very early in the summer, they were like, 
Alright, we hear you guys. You guys want more Pokemon. Not coming till December. It's actually December. It came out. Like Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. Well he's talking to, he's talking about just like keeping people interested in doing something different. Like I, I but, like, but at the same time, we, with what you're talking about, yeah, it's a good thing to do, but you also have to realize they came out with Pokemon Go at literally the best slash most awkward time of the year. Yeah. So summer Everyone's out, like, doing their own thing. No one's in school, so they're having fun with it. They can run around, catch Pokemon. Uh, but at the same time, they're in the stretch of months when there's literally, like, no seasonal holidays, really, for people to um, get as festive as, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas or sometimes Easter. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. In term- It was good to start to get people interested to get that. Um, core base going, but yes, it does suck because they don't have the time or uh, special events of the season or the year that they could be like, oh, hey, here's some cool ghost Pokemon for Halloween, or hey, here's Pikachu in a Santa hat that you can get that's literally the same CP as the other Pikachu. But, <laughs> literally the but, same uh, CP. I mean, but like, it was dope. I mean, if Ditto popped up and like a lot of people mm-hmm. were just catching Ditto for a while. I don't know if he's still in the game. Yeah, he is. He okay. is. They, they wrote him into the game just, what, a, a little less than a month ago. But yeah, I, started, like, I started getting like screenshots from the homies like, hey, look, I'm in Springfield. Catch a bunch of Pikachus now. <laughs> um, I mean, if Actually, I don't know. I wonder how like how busy like the Pokemon Go train would have been if they did it like when school started. Like, would the fandom be still as hyped about it because they're not able to play as much because of real life getting in the way? Yeah, I know real life gets in the way, but look, and I live in the suburbs, right? Those kids don't care. They were out in. The, I mean, school. Okay, you're in school for seven hours. You get out. Let's take middle schoolers, for example. You get out of school at what, 2.45? 3? Yeah, more like 3. 3 latest? Like, if you play a sport, you get out like 6. That, that's getting pretty late. But on Friday and Saturday, what do you do? You do your homework early. You go get you a frappe from Starbucks. You come home. You sit on your couch. You do nothing. Hashtag basic. Those kids are on their bicycle, riding around, going to the library. Because it's like, the good thing, the great thing they did is like, they concentrated gyms and poke stops around public areas and Things where they need. like in the summer it's going to be huge because the pool opens again live. So these kids are riding their bike to the bike through to the library. They go to the civic center. They're they're still out there, significantly like smaller numbers than they they were as 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 when it first started. But they're still out there. I mean, they're probably the I don't know if they're out there right now because there's ice kids. I mean, no. If they're out there right now, it's dedication. <laughs> and they deserve a medal. No, that's insanity. Yes. Well. I can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> I wanted to say something, but I can't say that on the podcast. Nope. Shout out to Cards Against Humanity, by the way. <laughs> that game is extremely fun. That's my recommendation. Go pick you up the starter pack with all the expansions of Cards Against Humanity and have a good time. Anyway. Make continue. sure to set baselines that no feelings would be hurt. Yeah. And that is strictly just for fun. Strictly just for fun. Anyway, what do you guys got up? I think that's it in terms of Jump Festa um, that we want to talk about. If you want to talk about some of the video game stuff. Cool. Um, so this is a discussion I want to have. I'm going to lead it off with uh, a tweet that um, your boy Phil Spencer um, tweeted out. And he said um, they hit a, a huge milestone. So they released one of the great American accomplishments. Lost Odyssey is one of the greatest 
um, things that Xbox managed to pull off. It is a hardcore Japanese RPG, and Xbox is a hardcore American console. So to have that game exclusive on the Xbox One was a big deal. Um, so they finally hit 300 backwards compatible games, and they released the last Odyssey for free for everyone. Um, great move on them. I think it's amazing that they continue in this program, and not only they continue it, they're doing it at a rapid rate. And the year that they've announced that, not even year, I think it's like going on six months. They've already put out 300 backwards compatible games. I mean, they started off with 100, so to have another 100 games put out by December, great move. I think it's awesome. More importantly, in that tweet, he said that half of the Xbox players are playing backwards compatible games. Now, it's not exactly specified if it's like half of half Xbox players are concurrent players or like they've played a backwards compatible game once. Um, and concurrent players means like they keep coming back and playing or reoccurring players so they keep going back or is they just downloaded. I know a whole bunch of people went back and bought uh, Red Dead Redemption um, when that went backwards compatible. A bunch of people went back for Call of Duty games. So um, the stats aren't exactly clear. But what it does show is that contrary to popular belief, um, particularly from sites like Polygon, who we don't really listen to no more because we know they're fraudulent. Um, <laughs> Angry much? Yes. Look, Polygon just needs to go away. They just need to slowly just go away, and then office just needs to turn into a fax machine. Like that's what their their, their office needs to be rented out to a fax company. And the, how dead are fax? I think you mean Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> yes. Yes. The the the, the Sacramento branch was Dunder Mifflin. Anyway, what it shows is that pl clearly players want these things and my issue with playstation is they've made no such attempt to do anything this grandiose besides playstation now i get that players are using playstation now but this is a paid service this is a paid service where you still have to pay for the game as a rental you don't own these games you don't have these games for like you're paying to access the service and then you're paying again for the rental for like 90 days where you could just go to GameStop and purchase the same game at a cheaper price. At a cheaper price. You can pay like three bucks for some of these games that are like twenty-two for a ninety-day rental. The stupidity is astounding. How that? Where they do that at? And some people are doing this. I get that some people just are just on the digital train. They're on the digital hype line. And here's my thing: I don't necessarily love like everything about GameStop. They do some things right. They do a lot wrong. Um, for clarity, I have worked at GameStop in the past for a long time, usually during the holiday season. Um, so, like, I'm being honest, like, they got a lot to fix over there. Being perfectly honest, we've had this discussion on podcast once or twice before. That company's going to be dead in five years. If they don't change something. If they don't change something. Because, honestly, all Sony and, 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 and Microsoft have to do and especially if Apple gets in the console market, and it's like, yeah, we're going to sell all the games digital from now on. What's GameStop going to be like? Oh, we're not going to sell your console. So? Amazon is going to take that market. GameStop is no longer selling Xboxes. Fine, I'm going to sit on my couch at home and order it from Amazon. And now we have the fulfillment center here in town. We're in the, mid we're in the Midwest. We have three fulfillment centers. Towns like... Uh, Sacramento, New York, places like Houston, they're getting like six, seven, eight popping up. And then like, who knows? Like if if Amazon Go becomes a thing, who says that doesn't become a reality for electronic stores? Maybe they have a Amazon Go E, Amazon Ego, whatever. You go in, you pick out a laptop, you walk out, it charges your Amazon account. 
Like, the possibilities, like, for the future are astounding. So if GameStop doesn't revamp their business, whatever, do something to keep players interested in buying games, particularly new games, or possibly, a friend of mine, shout out to Greg, the real homie, was saying, GameStop could get into rentals. Because that's how uh, Gamefly's been doing that for a while. They seem Um, to be doing all right. And they've still been doing all right. Um, But back to PlayStation. They got to figure something out because backwards compatibility is a thing that, and again, I want Square Enix to get this right. I want them to upgrade the game. I want to buy the game again. I want to play it. It's been a while. I want to play through that again. We're actually talking about doing a playthrough series chronologically. We're trying to figure out the logistics of it, but chronologically, of all the Kingdom Hearts games leading to Kingdom Hearts 3, we're trying to figure out. We want to play these games. But if we've already paid for the game two, three, four times, we already have the disc. It was a simple patch. Um, that ex- It wasn't a simple patch, but they figured it out. You, you turn on your Xbox One, you put the disc in, it emulates a PS and Xbox 360 on your system, and you play your games. I don't understand why Sony thinks it's so... Again, it might be an architecture thing. I don't... I'm not a coder. You know what? I'm not actually, a computer guy. I no, don't no, no. understand Here, how here's, Actually, here's what it could be. It, this just came to my mind, and I forgot about this. It could be not because... PlayStation is not able to do it. It's maybe because they can't do it because Xbox has a patent on it and Xbox doesn't have Xbox doesn't have a patent on it. Really? Xbox does not have a patent on it. Because there could be there could be a piece that allows Here's that, my thing. That Here's my, it's that. not that it's not that you had to install something on your Xbox. It was literally a patch. It came as a patch. Okay, fair enough. It was a patch. So I mean, maybe they need to communicate with Xbox. Hey, what did you guys do? How did you guys figure it out? And, like, it's, Shuhei Yoshida and Phil Spencer have had very, very good, gracious communications across the extranets. Um, they tweet each other all the time. Hey, I love this game. Hey, good job on this thing. Congratulations to Sony on this milestone. Hey, Xbox, way to keep this thing going. So there's communication there. I don't know what we got to do. Maybe as, maybe as fans of PlayStation, we got to come forth. And start yelling at Shuhei. Granted, we still can't change our names. <laughs> we still can't change our names. And we still need that, Shuhei. Uh, shout out to Colin and Greg for starting that movement. Shuhei, let us change our name. But maybe we need to start a movement to let us play backwards compatible games for free. Like, use Gaikai as, 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 as your portal for that. I know you purchased Gaikai for a ridiculous amount of money and you want to get something back for it. But maybe you just got to take that L. There are 50 million PS4s in the wild right now. 50 million of them. And imagine, like, the good graces. I mean, I think if they... I think they're easily going to be at... I don't want to say easily. I think they can sell another 10 million PS4s by August next year. I think it's possible. So to have 60 million PS4s... Okay, let's say... Let's say they sell another... Let's say they have 50.5. And at E3, they come out and announce, hey, we've been uh, hearing that you guys want some stuff. Starting the day, PS3 games are backwards compatible. With If you have a subscription to PlayStation Plus, it comes with a subscription to PlayStation Now. As long as you have PlayStation Plus, your PlayStation Now is included. Boom. You get access to all the games that are on PlayStation Now. Do that. Get rid of the dumb subscription included inside in the cl- in the price of PlayStation Plus. They already up to ten bucks, so I think you throw that in there. We're good to go. Um, 
pizza just came in. Shout out to Jimmy delivering the pizza. Mm-hmm. Pizza man Jimmy coming through like the paper boy. He's going back. He's going paper back to play. Boy. <laughs> paper, paper boy. All about that paper boy. <laughs> so this is how you know we don't have a budget on this podcast because we've been waiting all day for pizza. We're hungry. So we're going to eat on podcast. You wish you were here. Uh, there might be an opportunity for you guys to join us on podcast in the future. Stay tuned. Um, but back to it. Include include PlayStation Plus with the subscription of Gaikai. Allow the games on Gaikai to be free to all PlayStation Plus owners. And let us play the games. This would alleviate the whole struggle of having to wait 97,000 years for them to do a remake. And games that don't do that they don't do a remake, like Kingdoms of Amalur. I love that game. Unfortunately, it was a victim of terrible marketing, bad businesses, and just it just it just died. That that whole company died. The whole state, I think it's the state of Maryland had to eat eleven million dollars in debt because of that game. And Kurt Schilling, because Kurt Schilling, I don't know, we don't know exactly what happened. There's a lot going on with that game. But that game's never going to get remade unless somebody decides to buy it and remake it and then somehow get a Kingdom Hearts, a Kings of Amalur 2, which I don't know if we'll become a billionaire. We could do that. We could make something work. Um, but if you throw that in, throw that up on Kai Kai, I would play it. I would play it a lot. So I have, I, I feel like Sony needs to do something to that nature. To, but I, clearly they're selling PS4s, so maybe they don't have to. They're doing some things right. Um, speaking of that, PlayStation got a lot of games coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's a problem. Like I have a PS4 and Xbox One. It's a problem. I'm probably gonna buy the Scorpio at the end of the year, end of next year. Um, considering about buying a PS4 Pro in the next couple days, maybe a couple hours, probably a couple weeks. <laughs> Not a couple hours. Have you seen outside? Have you seen outside? <laughs> yeah, I might not even go to church tomorrow. It's cold outside. Um, um, but yeah, on the PlayStation report, Xbox One Scorpio, clearly the future. 4K gaming is clearly here to stay. VR is clearly here to stay. Um, all that being said, the amount of games coming out here is kind of scary. We start really off the scary. year. We start off the year with like the I want to call it a blockbuster, but. By all rights, something that could be a blockbuster, Horizon Zero Dawn, is one of like is one of the big hitters starting off, and then we go like like breakneck speeds into the summer. It's like Horizon Zero Dawn, and then Persona Five, and then we've got just a whole bunch of third party games that are coming out, a whole bunch of DLC that's coming out, a bunch of Final Fantasy DLC supposed to hit right at the end of this year, starting next year. Um, so. Start saving now. Like, put 15% of your income instead of towards a mutual fund. You might want to get yourself a gaming budget. Cause I'm trying to get myself to Europe. What you talking about? Well, they, there's that, too. But, uh, yeah. GoFundMe.com, please. <laughs> you can talk about that in the end of the episode. Actually, <laughs> we'll give you a full five minutes to talk about that in the end of the episode. Um, but, yeah. It's an expensive year for gaming. Um, it's a good year. But... This discussion, I came across this discussion because of the kinds of games that are being made, like Destiny, like Division, like Overwatch, where the game doesn't really end, and the vast amount of games coming out. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast last week. I have a bad memory. You guys know that. 30-something percent of the games on Steam came out. 30-something percent of the games on Steam, the entire platform, came out in 2016. You know how many games that is? 
all that to be said, are there too many games? Like, is, is it even feasibly possible to play all the games you want to? Because nope. let's be honest, I'm going to buy 2K. Why? I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm addicted. Let's I mean, it's banned from the podcast. We, we it's a drug. I, I play 2K every year. I play it for about three months. I'm happy. I get mad. No, you're not you you're not happy. You never start happy, ever. I wasn't that mad this year because you took it back soon. I had it. I had 2K15. Listen, 2K15 was a bad year. Patch four. We gonna talk about patch four. I'm streaming on here to talk about patch four. It's hilarious. Anyway. 2K, 60 bucks. MLB, 60 bucks. Rising Zero, 919 bucks. Collector's Edition. Whatever the price tag of that Final Fantasy 30th Crystal Edition, if that's real. And then you know Red Dead is going to come with Collector's Edition. Go and get that. The Lost, Lost Legacy for Uncharted, the, the, the DLC, that's going to get copped automatically. Hopefully, Death Stranding comes out within the next five years. So I'm already saving money for that collector's edition. But within 2017 alone, like Red Dead Redemption 2, the another Call of Duty game, which Last of Us 2. Last mm. of Us 2, maybe. I don't think that's coming out in 2017. I don't think that's I don't think that's gonna get announced until 2018. We're probably gonna see that till 2020. But you said within the next five years. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to getting back to 2017. Are are, are there too many games? Like, is it it's becoming I have games on my backlog from 2014, so it's getting bad out here. Um, so, how do you guys feel about like, the, or do you guys just kind of decide that hey, I know I'm not gonna play everything? Because a guy like me who's interested in so many things, it gets hard. Like, like I said, I got games on my backlog from 2014. Mass Effect Andromeda. Let me forget. Let me. How do I forget about Mass Effect? Um, so, do you guys? I know you guys pretty much stick to like three games: FIFA, a Kingdom Hearts game. And something interesting. You play Uncharted, so you well, get a game. But I mean, there's so there's how, do, how do you guys feel about three. it? How do you guys feel about it? What are your What are your thoughts on it? I don't know. Um, like you said, uh, well, for me, when I have the time, I only have a certain like circle of games that I'll play through. On the constant, every year, it's going to be FIFA. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whenever we get the chance, I'm going to play Kingdom Hearts. You're right. Another thing that I'll usually play, um, but only so much, only more so for the storyline, is Halo. And hopefully at some point, they'll realize, hey, maybe we should cut with trying to revamp Halo. <laughs> <laughs> but every time there's a new Halo game with a story mode, I'm playing through it. It took me forever to play through Halo 4, but hey, I played it before I played 5. I'll play that. Maybe Call of Duty. So there's only a few circle of games I'll play. I love that they have all these games coming out. That just means there's more playthroughs for me to watch on, like, YouTube or something like that. (laughs) But for me personally, I'm not going to have a problem. My budget's still intact. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's, It's definitely tough. Um, especially like just even in the last year alone, I've, I've ventured out in the gaming world a lot more than I normally do. I'm definitely, uh, this is a sink or swim type of situation. I have left the kiddie pool guys. (laughs) I'm no longer there. Uh, so, but it it gets to a point where you just got to come to terms with yourself and realize you may never play these games and just be all right with it. And just, yeah, like Matthew said, keep your budget intact. Like... 
We'll get a better job. <laughs> Even if you have all the money in the world, like, bro, like, you can it's buy all them games, but you still ain't. Or they could just make us professional gamers. That way we get paid to play these games. Yes. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Guys, anybody in the industry hearing us, please, please pass that information our way. Anyways, those are my thoughts. All right, you know what? You we, look, we it, we done. Yeah. We gonna we gonna get into this rogue one. I've been waiting, been holding it in. Plus, I was waiting on you. I'm leaving in about an hour. <laughs> yeah, good luck. She gonna be on the podcast. You think we're gonna be down talking about rogue one? I mean, we are talking about rogue one. <laughs> Anyways. Without further ado, like Mookie said earlier, this is the official, like, spoiler cast, hashtag, spoiler alert, hashtag, if you're still listening to this, even though you don't want spoilers, you just dumb. <laughs> so, let's get in it. So, first, let's talk about initial thoughts, General. What would you rate it? Um, a-, a-, a plus! A minus. A, a-, a- what? <laughs> a plus! <laughs> So shout yeah. out to Magic if you've not seen any of his videos. Right, he's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I'd give it an A, a maybe a minus, but it's definitely still an A. I give it an A minus. So, um, initial thoughts. It was a great movie to really kind of fill us in on things that we never really got to. It was understood what had to happen to get there, to get those plans. But you're still kind of curious what... Yeah, as to how it went down. And shout out to them for weaving that in, in, into that movie so nicely, in such a way that it's like, I can see this. So. Um... For me, not being like a, like, I've seen all the Star Wars movies, but not being like a huge buff of it or like reading up on the actual books or series and uh, side stories that they throw at you. Um, one of the things that I was concerned about was like, aside from how they're implementing it, it's just like, how closely does it tie into A New Hope? Like, at what point... Is it just like, oh, hey, now we're talking. Now this is where it starts, and this is how it's progressed. This is how far out from A New Hope it is. And they did a really good job uh, just with how that was put out there, especially with it. Because I didn't expect it to be essentially like right preceding A New Hope. Because that's essentially how they set it up. It's the events happen right before A New Hope starts. And so, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> like you think we're joking. Like, the mo- like well, we already said a spoiler. Yeah, cast, right? like they show point, Princess Leia. It literally, the like end. the movie ends and, and uh, like episode four begins. Right. Like, if that's how you're going to watch it, watch Rogue One and you can <laughs> literally watch it right into episode four. Like, yeah. they, the, I mean, I think the so ending, is, it's so, it happened, it, it, it just, happened. I was like, wait, this is, like, it, the way it happened, the transition of it from Rogue One to episode th- four was just like, wait, th- wait, this looks a little, oh my God, oh my. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, oh my gosh, it, and a lot of people just, at least from people that I've talked to, there are a lot of people just, that just weren't expecting it. 
Dude, and, I didn't anybody expect And that, that's the best part. That is literally the greatest that is the thing greatest they could give us. Had. That is the greatest thing they could have given us, especially for a lot of, like, maybe a lot of hardcore uh, Star Wars fans, people that are, like, so entrenched in the story, like, like it's their life. And first of all, Saw, dude, you're so cool. Anyway, <laughs> but... <laughs> For a lot of those people, we, make, I feel as, as a psychologist in the room, I feel like you're being very specific about a particular community. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm not going to disclose any names. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe they might have like had some sort of inkling about it. But for the most part, it caught all of us off guard. And it was it was great just the way that they did it. So I, I was thoroughly, thoroughly pleased with it. Uh, movie initial thoughts. Uh, initial thoughts. Um, that movie had no business being that good. Like no. You know <laughs> that movie had absolutely no business being that good. That is a that is a great movie. Um, I think it accomplished everything it had to, despite all the hurdles. Because as one reviewer said, that movie had to navigate not only um, being so close to one of the most beloved movies of all time, but also reinvent not only like living up to the reinvention of episode seven that JJ Abrams massively did, but continuing that trend, being great while treading on sacred ground and being respectful of what that was. And in a word, mission accomplished. Like so good. So good. Um obviously I'm praising the movie highly um, so someone might wonder why the A minus and not the straight up A. Um, it does have its flaws, but because of the way everything goes, the way the way the movie set up, the first act, the second act, the third act, because of the overall product, literally meaningless. But for me, I felt like those things are, and for like a hardcore Star Wars buff or a serious movie critic. Um, which I am neither. Um, well, we are now, technically. Who? How? Where? We're doing stuff like this where you become a critic. Not not like... Uh, he, said, he said hardcore critic. First Look, of all. I watch movies on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> After my 10 o'clock class, I go to the library, I give me a frappe latte, I go home, I watch a movie, I play Skyrim. Hashtag Weird. basic. Hashtag hella basic. I go to school in Olathe. <laughs> Listen, anyone who isn't in the States or in Kansas, just Google Olathe. Yeah, I go to school there. Yeah, anyway, long story short, uh, those people might be more more cynical or critical about the things that I recognized even, like, from the start of the movie. I'm like, this is, this is. Like, the first act, I got really scared. I'm like, oh, no. Help. 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 The amount of characters that were being thrown in. Uh, but Act 2 really did a, a good job of having us gain some sort of attachment to those characters. And by Act 3, we're in love with a lot Blind of Blind Jet Lee. Yeah. My dude. Oh. Yeah. Blind Jet. For a second, I thought you said Blind Jet Lee. I was, yeah, like, I was like, like, who? Blind Jet Lee. Um, uh, so let's get into more, 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 more critical or more analytic phase of this review. Uh, like I said, A minus. I give it an A minus because one, a lot of characters got introduced, and not all of them could have been as fleshed out as they could have been. Two, we literally got seven different planets in the first five minutes of the movie. Two of them mattered. Well, like we got her home planet. We got the planet where she was, where uh, her dad was working. 
Well, and arguably more than I wouldn't say only two of them mattered. A couple of them did. A couple, and then a couple of them were like reoccurring. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a couple of them were reoccurring. Um, Forrest Whitaker's character was kind of played up to be this legendary character. Well, they never dated. He was supposed to be like a legend. I mean, sure. no, but like when you first hear his name, like you're like, oh man, he's gonna be a big part of the movie. Dies six minutes in. No one said he was going to play a major role, though. Yeah, I it's mean... It's your fault for assuming. No, no, I'm not saying... No, but <laughs> here's my thing. What I'm trying to say is, like, why is he this legendary figure? Why is he treated as, like, this outcast by the rebellion? They didn't really explain it. They say... They, they explain it in two words. His extreme military tactics. Two sentences, if you want to break it up in periods and commas and semicolons. Whatever. I think like, it was it was never directly said, but through their conversation before meeting his character, it was kind of said, uh, yeah, and uh, more blatantly, it was like, I mean, because they talk stream. Okay, listen, okay. So, boom, the movie starts off, things happen, she goes hide, wait for this guy. He pops up. A few years later, they keep talking about him. They keep talking about him, but like, they... I, they mentioned him, I think I counted nine times. And then we finally see his face. And then they mention him again, like 12 times. Again, her father, I think he's a very complex character that they didn't really allow to develop. I mean, again, events in the second act, a.k.a. him getting blown up by the rebellion, kind of like cut that short. And also, Jen, great character. You don't see your father get blown up by these guys, and all of a sudden, you're not part of the rebellion. Because she says, it was rebellion bombs that killed my father. Ten minutes ago, you weren't really sure what the rebellion was, and now they killed your dad, and now you're all of a sudden, you're all the way in? I'm like, ah, da, da, da. So, like, for me, there's some continuity issues um, that threw me off. But then again, as I previously said, the to- it was a total package. There was a start and there was an end. That's and the good. end was the start of another movie that also is great. So the full package, the surprise Leia at the end, which blew my mind. And like, favorite part of the movie? Vader. He's in it twice. He's in the movie twice. <laughs> oh, dear Lord Jesus. But the it's two scenes scene where he's oh. in the movie. He owns it. Are, he, he dominates the screen. No and then best character in the movie is a side character, K2SO. Grace K2. Yep. <laughs> Again, shout out to Greg, because me and Greg had a conversation about the movie. Uh, K2SO is basically R2D2 with a voice. Yeah, because every time R2's on the screen, everybody's laughing. Oh, man, he's so funny. We don't know what he's saying. He could be cussing all of us out. <laughs> <laughs> no clue what he's saying. He's saying, and see, I'm telling you. Well, let's just be honest. R2 is kind of a coon. <laughs> R2 is kind of ridiculous. Um, but that's okay. Uh, C-3PO just likes to put things through a filter because he's a proper English gentleman, and that's fine. We accept it. Again, surprise cameo from C-3 to, from R2 and C-3PO. That was that was fun. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. It, was, it was just like, There's boom. just a lot of great Easter eggs and stuff a like that. Especially seeing like Senator Organa and yeah. stuff like that. Um... Yeah, I don't know if you're done with your thing. Well, I'm good. Go I'm done. Anyways, uh, long story short, great. I was done. Great. Um, well done. Yeah. So, and at this point, so we went. We saw it opening night, uh, and so we have not had the chance to go back and see it again. Because yes, it is that good. Yep. We will uh, see it again. Uh, we were gonna go see it tonight, and then you know, snow happened. Yeah. Ice. Ice. Not even snow. Ice. So, 
Uh, probably then we'll be able to be a little more analytical about it now that we've gotten it out of our systems, uh, enjoying another Star Wars movie. Uh, but afterwards, I just kept, went and kind of read a couple of reviews online. Surprisingly, a lot of mixed reviews. I guess people either like... Uh, Nobody, like, overall hated it, but at the same time, people were just like, eh, I guess, whatever. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.8. They needed to jump off a bridge with no water underneath it. <laughs> IGN gave it a 9. Yeah. So, anyways, we're not going to... I feel like IGN's a little more in touch with the fans. But, uh, yeah, and I mean, a lot of their main concerns, you can kind of, like, I can kind of see going, looking back at it now... Um, but in terms of, like, the IGN review, a lot of things was, like, the implement- implementation of the CGI. Um, for me, I mean, yeah, it's cool that they got to use it, but at times it could be a bit distracting because it's just, like, his face is so glossy. Yeah, that, <laughs> exactly. That, that, I'm that like, is, bro, his not, face. That is his not face. a real guy. That is not a real guy. I don't know why, because it looks great with um, Leia. And well, even with Leia, like it, it was, it, it looks a bit off. Yeah, but it's I think it's quick enough to where it's like, oh, it's Leia, and then you're like, yeah, Shh. and it was like that's CGI. But with uh, Tarkin, I believe it is. Um, it was, it was so noticeable, especially because uh, he kind of does have a prominent role, although it's minimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if they limited his screen time. It would have been a little bit easier, yeah. but he was crucial. And again, I think it was important that they had they. I think they had the amount of screen time that was required mm. to convey his importance, leading obviously into Episode Four, and he plays his role there. So right, yeah. Um, I mean, aside from the CGI, but like you said, there were a lot of characters that were introduced. Obviously, um, they. Didn't have enough time to flesh out everyone's story, but I think with how quick they introduced everyone, it was crucial in order for us to get emotionally attached to them, which I know I for sure was. Yeah. Like, guys, everybody dies. Like, <laughs> I, I know I know you, like, you're thinking about it like, oh, this kind of has to happen. No, everybody dies. Everybody. Dying. Everybody. <laughs> like, like I, I, thought, I thought at least one or two people would make it. Nah, every, they gone. But the thing yeah. is, everyone that set foot... On that planet. Is dead. Is dead. Stormtroopers and all. But, I don't know, like, and sitting there in that final uh, confrontation, the final battle there, um, I was like, man, this is really getting to me, but what really killed me was when my when my dude uh, Bodhi died. Yeah. When, and that's what I'm saying. I wish they would have developed Bodhi more. Like, I mean, I was already, like, he was already yeah, my guy. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. wish, like, why, what is him, again, like the IGN interview said, what, is, what are his motivations for betraying the Empire? What is his connection to Jen Erso's dad that he, he, he Jen Erso's dad trusts him? What are the, like, these other storylines, what's going on there? Yeah. I'm sure they're going to put out a comic book and it's going to be explained there, but I'm like, yeah. it would have been nice but to see yeah, it in the that, film. I would have been okay with another 25 minutes. I don't mm-hmm. know about 30, 30 especially, but another 25 minutes. But, cool. but also, with all these questions we're saying, now, this obviously it's opened the door. So we're gonna get comic books. We're gonna get novels. But which how which was you, the purpose of which was the purpose yeah. of this movie to expand the universe? Now the universe went from this to this, and like and by by the time the Han Solo movie comes out, it's gonna go from this to this. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the Han Solo movie because the one thing that this does is it really sets the tone for the non-main. Star Wars movies, so those stories that they're telling. In the episodes, we get the title, we get the rolling screen, we get the desert with the ice planet, and then there's Jedi's. This one we really... Get a we didn't get a desert. Yeah, we did. Not an ice planet, though, so that's kind of cool. 
but they really did a lot to set it apart saying, hey, this is still a Star Wars movie, but it's different. The tone is different. You still get the same feel of um, the Rebels, their little, uh, their not a resourcefulness and quick thinking and agility to um, band together and fight against the Empire and stuff like that. Um, really more of a war feel to it. And what I really love about this is with the introduction of Saw Gerrera, they really spread out that it's not really black and white with the, the rebellion, rebellion yeah. and the Empire. Because with the original trilogy, you kind of like, oh, you're either a rebellion or you're with the Empire. And we saw Saw Gerrera was a deviation of the rebellion and how it can, you can deviate from that is just like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to fight the Empire, but look, we're taking heads with us kind of thing. Yeah. And we even saw that, even as small as a glimpse of it was, when he was essentially torturing Bodhi. Yeah. When he brought him the the holocron from um, Galen Erso. But yeah, I love that. I love that um, they removed the rolling credits to set it apart from the other movies. Yeah, I was kind of shocked at first because yeah. I was like, a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away, and I was like, oh, here comes a crawl. And it just cut planet. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, you yeah, didn't probably like a couple what? weeks ago. Well, he doesn't read anything before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, look, okay. My rule is I watch one trailer and I'm out. I saw one trailer at church. It showed Vader. I was out. I was like, I seen it. I'm out. I'm good. Yeah. So, yeah, they did a lot of stuff to deviate from that. There wasn't a crawling uh, credits. They introduced text to let us know what planet they were at, which was pretty interesting. My only gripe about that was really Wanabi, a planet, huh? So we're just so we're just anagrams now. What? No, please don't. I mean, it was fine, but it was still kind of weird. But they did introduce new planets for us to look at. Um, R.I.P. to some of them because the Death uh, Star kind of took them out, but. I enjoyed it. It really did give us a different feel, more grounded feel. And they did it all without showing a single Jedi. Yes. There yeah. was there was a point at the end there where we thought our uh, a Jedi our, our blind dude was going to be uh, a Jedi, but he was just really in tune with the Force. And uh, that's that was just uh, a really cool thing to look at. Um. I think that about covers it for me. Um, one of the things that I enjoyed, like you said, the Vader portions of it, it was minimal, but he absolutely commanded it. James Earl Jones has still got that it. Guy. Like, whenever they first showed him, and our buddy Manny, so when uh, he went with us along with Phil and another friend of ours, Lynette. Um, Shout out to Yuse. Right. Uh, but Manny, he's a lot more into Star Wars than I think some of us. And he was saying, oh, I enjoyed how they showed uh, him in that recuperation chamber. Yeah, uh, So it's like they walk in and it's just like, here, Director Kinnick is here to talk to you. And so then as the water's draw, you see his back like the scars and from the battles like his missing arm. And so and then he just goes in there. You kind of see a vulnerable Vader. 
And then immediately cuts to him about to like force choke Kinnick, and he's just like, "Look, don't overreach." He's like, and "Careful not to choke on your aspiration." Oh, dude! When yeah, when I saw the infamous Vader choke, I was about to jump out of my chair. It's just like, oh, here he is. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. Oh, so, so at, at the end of the end of the movie and the start of episode four has to be the greatest scene. In that, the is, movie. that is that is gonna be the greatest scene. because oh! like we see Vader coming in. We don't even see him coming in. It's no, because we, well, we see a ship and it was like, uh, Lord Vader, the enemy ship has been disabled. Prepare to board. And they go in and you see the rebellion is scrambling on a ship. Everything goes dark. <laughs> Red lightsaber. <laughs> I was a small child. And this brings me to realization. We know Vader is powerful. We forget how powerful <laughs> he actually is. Like, everyone knows, like, oh, Vader is a bad guy. Vader is a really good. Be- like, Vader. Vader's really, really good. Like, Vader's really good. Like, re- like, the lightsaber alone struck absolute fear in right. everyone in the room, and they instinctively all just started firing at him, and they all died. They, they all, they all, <laughs> just, they all laid gruesome, down and died. In gruesome fashion. There was, there was no death that was simple and merciless. Swift, swift and to the point, you just died. Like one, I think, and like you can't Actually, just the, the, the one that was terrible with the guy. He force choked him, raised him to the roof as he's walking, still slashing people, and then pokes him in the roof. I was like, ah, you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, absolute brutality of Vader just kind of magnified. And again, this just adds to the legend of Vader. Yeah, like that one scene adds to the legend. And of I Vader. think a lot of people were so concerned good. with like, oh, uh, they said, oh, Vader's gonna be, and it's like, well, if there aren't any Jedi that are gonna be like participating in the movie, what's the point? Of, how are they gonna bring in Vader? So I'm really glad with how they handled it. He wasn't in a lot of scenes, but he still struck that fear of being that guy that you don't want to cross. He was essentially Debo before he got knocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Vader we got. And it was absolutely terrifying, and I loved it. Oh, that was so good. That that was probably the... So, okay, let's put it... Uh, let me ask this question. Your favorite non-Vader scene? Because obviously both those Vader scenes were just... I think we masterful. all... I think we all have a... Ours all revolve around the same character. Okay, yeah. yeah. K2. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Nah, K2 was great. for me, it... What is his name? The blind dude. What's his name? Well, that's why we have Google. <laughs> anyway, my one of my favorite scenes K two um, was K two. Again, K two is just such an amazing character. Um, when K two um, is on the ship and he goes, "You gave her a blaster. You 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 actually gave the woman who doesn't want to be with us a blaster." Well, I'm not mad. I'm I'm ad libbing a little bit, but his words. You know the chance of her using that against you? I don't want to. It's high. It's very high. <laughs> Yeah, K two. I think K two was like dominated the scene. Mm-hmm. Even like emotionally, like when K two dies, like you're just like, oh man. Like, I that like I, that, I had to like pause yeah. for a second. I'm like, oh. I actually, yeah. I was actually hoping he wouldn't die. Like I yeah. was really hoping he would not die. Um, but mine was like when they first introduced that whole that that blind guy, Kiru. Yeah, Kiru. That's it. And he whips like seven stormtroopers, like just. 
This man's blind, and he just hears everything. It's like a, a whole daredevil thing is going on, mixed with well, Spider- Spider-Man says it's like they, they. I like that they they mentioned him and his companion, and briefly though they were guardians of the temple. Yeah. And the if you don't know, the temple contains um, Curac crystal or the Kyber. Kyber crystals, crystals. Kyber, Kyber crystals power um, lightsabers, but Kyber crystals are also used universally. Like Kyber crystals and the Star Wars mythos are kind of a, they're they're not rare, but they're extremely valuable crystal because of their purity and there's other things that go into Kyber crystals. But they were not only guardians of the Kyber crystals, but they were technically guardians of the Jedi Temple itself. So we kind of already got like you don't get to be a guardian of the Jedi Temple just by being there. And so, like, and he, he his, his one prayer he recites over and over, look, I'm one with the Force, the Force is one with me, something like that. Yeah. Um, just, I think, draws, again, the connection to poten- potentially being a, a Jedi. And I feel like maybe at some point in his life, he was a Jedi. Um, and then... Man, they he, fooled us, though, hard, though. Yeah, this. I mean, because, like, a blind, a blind Jedi is something we've seen before. Um, there's a couple blind Jedi in episode two... Which don't really we don't really talk about that movie because everyone had a lightsaber in that movie. I mean, my dude Kit Fisto though. Yeah, I mean, in the comics, there's a few blind Jedi. There's a bunch. I think in I think there's one blind Jedi in Rebels. Yeah, now, yeah, now he's blind. Uh, what's his name? Kanan. Yeah. Kanan, whatever. Kanan. I don't know. Is he fully blind? No, I think he still has some vision. Or is he fully blind? No, anyway. I think he's actually... I think he's at... Well, Manny can correct us on that, but I think he's fully blind. Long story short, a blind Jedi is not something is not something new. So yeah. I feel like he might have been a Jedi in his twilight years and stepped down from being a Jedi to be... Because his staff, the end of his staff, we... We later found out that it's a sniper rifle, <laughs> which was a great scene in itself. But the end of a staff looks like a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So it potentially was a lightsaber at one point. So, Or at least it was, because at this point, um, after um, the order for uh, the clone troopers to uh, take down the Jedi, Jedi left. So maybe it was also handed down to him from someone else, or he found it in the scraps of the aftermath of wiping out the Jedi, but... It definitely had me fooled. I, I remember sitting in the theater. I was thinking, like, if this dude pulled out a lightsaber now, not they lied, and I'm glad that they lied. <laughs> <laughs> they lied, and I'm glad about it. No, but, it was good. Yeah, was good. Um, and actually, I did enjoy a lot of the the K two moments. Uh, that's my kind of humor. <laughs> so that was that was hilarious. Probably one of the more. Uh, memorable ones yeah. was when they were rallying to go steal they're, the plans, and he was just like. Jin, I'll be here. It's like, I'll always be here for you. Because Cassian told me to. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that was really good. But uh, even though he wasn't as uh, fleshed out as we would have liked, but Cassian was also a really... He was really good. good. And he shows, again, that 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 that, that dynamic is. that w- exists within the Rebellion, that so he's doing things as a soldier that he doesn't necessarily want to do, mm-hmm. but he has to do in order to maintain some sort of sanity. Um, but he does have his own, like... Moral code. Yeah, he yeah, has his own moral code. has his own... Uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I actually... Uh, this, I have I can't really choose, so I'm going to pick from two moments. One of the moments actually came uh, pretty early in the movie when they were on Jeddah. Uh, he was talking to Jin, and... He told her, and probably the standout quote for the movie, he said, rebellions are built on hope. Mm-hmm. And it, at that point, it was kind of like, 
it felt like almost like a throwaway, a throwaway line because he they're running around. There's chaos. There's stormtroopers everywhere, crowding everyone. And she's just like, "What does hope have to do with?" It? And he's like, "Look, rebellions are built on hope." And then later, it's like her rallying cry to like gather the troops, even though they turned her down, and she still went on and did her thing anyways. Yeah, but shout out to fake General Akbar. I can never remember that man's name. General Rannick, I think his name is, coming in through with the troops. Mm-hmm. And then destroying those two Star Troopers or Star Destroyers. Yeah. Oh, and again, one thing I want to mention. We underestimate how powerful the Death Star really was. Because we get the Death Planet in Episode 7. We're like, oh, man, the Death Star really wasn't nothing. The Death Star was, am- like, that was an amazing machine. And, like, one of the ways, I think the best, I think it was amazing that we actually got to be on the planet, see the destruction and see how it just builds. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I got a lot more respect for the Death Star mm, after that. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, magnified by three to the Death Planet or whatever they want to call it. What is that thing called again in Episode 7? The Planet Eater? Planet no. Killer? Star Killer. Star Killer, that's it. Anyways. Yeah. That one, you didn't have to warp. It just kind of was there and it just... Yeah, that one, yeah, you don't have to take it anywhere. You, you, you can see it from anywhere. Yeah, you can Galaxy. Hello. <laughs> um, hey, hold this real quick. Right. <laughs> hold this ale as it comes to you. Um, yeah, and then the other one uh, definitely has to uh, go to K2. Uh, real, lots of great lines. Uh, again, they were on Jetta, and they told him to stay on the ship. And then he follows them when they're initially on their lookout. And he's just like, you're bringing her... Like, why do I have to... It's like, why do I have to take these back to the ship? He's like, because if you're here, uh, they'll shoot at you. And they might miss and hit me. And you can just hear him say, well, would that be so bad? (laughs) (laughs) And then she drops the bag in his lap. And he's just kind of like... He's just just like, "Eh, I'm done with it. He just dropped it. K2 has some dope That's what I like the prisoners on. Yes, these are prisoners that I'm transporting to, to a prison. prison. <laughs> oh, man, K2 is great. We, yeah. we need to do some diagnosis on you. Diagnostic! <laughs> <laughs> he sounded so offended. Like, like someone done handed him a mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> hey, look, let me, let me stop. I'm going to expose myself. Yeah, oh, man. But, yeah, they really did give us a great... Uh, Addition to the Star Wars, universe. yeah, a, and a great diverse cast, like yeah. some really someone we people we can really relate to and get behind because um, they're not Jedi. They don't have they're normal. Norm- most part, yeah, they're normal everyday people who've gone through struggles and have had to step up and um, step up to the plate and do what do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Bodie, right, my dude, but. Uh, it really did give us a good look at the Death Star. No, so I was scrolling through Facebook, and on a friend's post, they were talking about they're going to go see Star Wars, and a friend of theirs commented, "It's like, he's like, how can like how can any of you say this is good? Uh, how can another Death Star movie be good?" And I know a lot of people were concerned with this. Like, how can you already do a movie about the Death Star when we already have like a movie and a half about the Death Star because they built it again a second time um, towards like episode like end of five, beginning of six or something yeah. like that. It was in construction. Um, which is, yeah. I mean, it was not so much about, about the, the Death, Death Star. Star. It was about it the cast. It was, it was about it, it was, yeah. It was about uh, discovering that there was a weakness to it. It was 
and, and really it was I mean it was learning how ultimately it was learning how the rebellion gets the plants so they can destroy the Death Star so yeah. and, like it's even though yes in the background Death Star is that focus but it's it dances around it, it dances around the other and it, yeah it does a masterful dance around the Death Star because the Death Star is <laughs> the Death Star is the main threat like Vader isn't Vader isn't the main threat the Death Star is the is the main threat and it's actually I think it's like the most personal Star Wars movie because you see all these interpersonal conflicts between yeah. people yeah. against people within a rebellion within the Empire so it's uh, I think it's it's I I don't want to call it the most personal Star Wars movie because I think episode 5 has probably got to get that mm. yeah well, episode seven's really good too it's hard to choose at the moment yeah <laughs> um yeah, the cast was great. Special effects, always yeah. on point. Always on point. Always Shout out to Disney point. budget, man. We gotta get us a Disney. You trying to buy even more by nothing? <laughs> we need a Disney budget, man. We promise good returns. We promise good returns. Return on the investment, anyways. We'll be your diversity cast. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about in terms of the movie? Uh, no. Wrapped up. <clears throat> I think we're good on that. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> We talked about everything we can. We love the movie. I'm sure you guys will, too. Uh, or if you made it this far, you've assumingly already watched it, so I'm sure you loved it, too. If not, you can tell us what were your qualms with it. What did you enjoy about it? What was your favorite non-Vader moment? Because uh, we know everyone enjoyed those Vader moments. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It was a good movie. Definitely seeing it again. Hopefully we'll catch some more Easter eggs and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm going to watch the file for Easter egg next time. Oh, how can we forget that they... Of course they can't make the movie the movie without dropping the hint of our boy Ben Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ben is kind of... Yeah. Just, nah, so good. It was. It so was. Good. It was really good. And I know Manny had also talked about uh, Mon get, like, her having a more... Uh, not more prominent, but more upfront role in the rebel, uh, in the rebellion, being there, uh, just getting to see more of her and having, getting her more speaking lines. That was pretty cool. Mom, mom, mom. Yeah, um, great. Lots of humorous moments. Mm-hmm. That was good. Another honorable mention moment. Uh, going back to our boy uh, Kirut, and he was with. Uh, Bays was it, and so they're like the tag team, and he was, and he was just like, uh, he's like, oh, he's like, man, why are you worried? The force was with me. He's, he was like, you're lucky because I was here to say. He's like, he's like you just someone said something about luck. He's like, I don't need luck. I have you. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. You almost shot me in the head. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then, oh, and it was just so gut-wrenching at the end, after Q died, turning on the master switch to get communication to the Rebellion, and as soon as he dies in Baze's arms, he starts chanting, I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me, I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. And as he goes out fighting. He goes out fighting, and he's just, like, unloading machine gun, like, bullet after Taking out the elite stormtroopers. Apparently, stormtroopers can shoot. shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Now, shocking of a fact. Hey, they're dropping people left and right. I was like, bro, what? New theory, post-Rogue One, there's a mental block. I'm telling you, they're they're dramatically affected by the loss of all their dear stormtrooper friends, (laughs) and they all forget how to shoot. (laughs) All right. 
Man. <laughs> it was... Yeah. How can we forget about that? But it was it was good. Yeah. We definitely recommend going to watch it. Watch it twice. Three times if you're feeling it. Support your local movie theater. <laughs> Anyways. So, um... Uh, We'll go ahead and favorite, like, standout character. Like, who who were you not expecting to, like, grab hold of you as much as they did? K2. Well, besides K2. Besides K2. Besides the obvious choice. Besides K2, uh, honestly, Bodhi. Bodhi. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Especially towards the end of the movie. Um, I feel like it really he, came he into almost, his own. He almost felt like a throwaway character at first. Yeah. The way they brought him in, the way they interrogated him, and I was like, "Ah, oh, he ain't." Yeah, especially because like, don't make it through the um, movie. So was like, "You might lose your mind." I'm like, oh, well, "What's the point of bringing him along?" I'm like the pilot, we need the pilot. I'm like, "He dead. He crazy." <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what you need him for? So like, Bro- Brody really came. I was keep. I keep wanting to call him Brody from The Wire. Different character. <laughs> Brody is my favorite character on The Wire, besides String of Bell. But back to Star Wars, Brody really stepped up. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, I love my, my dude Bodhi, but I'll go ahead and kind of differentiate here. Um, little mainstream, maybe, but uh, uh, Cassian, Cassian, Cassian. Whatever his name is. Yeah, I, I enjoyed his character. Um, like you said, it really fleshed out. It's not all black and white in the rebellion. He does stuff that he regrets that he tries not to think about. And, and not just him. There was a whole army of them. He's, yeah. like, he's like, look at all of us. We all do this kind of stuff. But we gonna fight. <laughs> like, sure. You know. Yeah, and like when I saw him, it was just like the nitty-gritty. I was just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. He just grew on me. And so whenever he, uh, when I thought he died towards the end, because they were climbing up the little uh, storage tower, and then he was shot at by Krennic, and I thought he was dead. So when he came back, I was really happy only for the planet to get blown up. Only for the planet to get blown up. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Let's, yeah, I don't think they were ever meant to make it off that planet, but, you know. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get this, this wrap-up going. Oh, oh and by the way. Hey. Uh, yeah, we want to we wanna afford uh, Rafiki... Um, the opportunity to speak on some things that are going on, and then uh, we will we will be out. So it is all, all you. Right. Um, just so you guys are aware, um, it's been a great great December so far. Lots happened, a lot of good things. Well, some things not so great, but overall it's been good. Um, so like some of you who follow me on Facebook or you don't follow me on Facebook, you've already heard the news and, and know what's going on. But for those who don't, um, so recently um, I was in San Diego and I was doing a, a soccer combine basically to go pro for those who don't know what a combine is, which it turns out there's a lot of people who don't. Anyways, but um, bottom line is um, I made an impression on the organization. I didn't get picked up per se by the coaches that coaches and scouts that were at that combine. However, the organization that is putting that put this together, um, after the other teams kind of weed out the players that they want, they they kind of go to the next group of players. And so, I have made it to a point where the organization wants to train me at their training facility in Malta. 
Um, so it's a really, really big opportunity, and my scope of being scouted even more has just become a lot huger. Um, huger is not a word. Whatever. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't, I don't care at this point. At least what word I use, but they understand that it's it's a big deal. My scope just became a lot wider. There you go. Happy. There you go. Now nah, that's actually contextual, actually, because scope can only get wider. They can't get huge. Anyway. Continue. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, with that being said, uh, I would have a chance to train in Malta, also compete against um, some top-level teams in, within Europe and even Asia. Um, uh, but with that being said, I still have to pay my way. Uh, but this is once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me, and I'm just hoping to do so. So what I have done... If you guys would be so gracious, and I would, I would love you guys for a lifetime. Um, I mean, I already appreciate the support for those who already have, um, or who will consider doing so. Um, but not just for me personally, but also for the podcast as well. But I've set up a GoFundMe page. Um, if you're, you know, want to go drop a donation, and I really do appreciate any, uh, you know, anything that you're able to give. However, my um, my GoFundMe page is uh, GoFundMe.com. Um, slash journey to uh, play soccer in Malta. Um, journey to play soccer in Malta all has dashes in it. Um, in terms you of that, made that a lot simpler. We're gonna post a link. Um, there is a yeah. We'll we'll post it from my Facebook page. Um, or you can put it in the comment section. There's that too. But um, yeah, it would I would really 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 appreciate it. Um, so it's like a once a lifetime opportunity. I'll be out in Malta for two weeks. Training. A lot of these coaches are professional coaches. Um, I've gone and looked at some of their bios. Some of them have played in England. Some of them have played, you know, in other countries. And then they've been coaching for several years. So, like, I'm not going to be learning just from, you know, pro scrubs, as some people might say, you know. Uh, these these are some They're people. They're not MLS players. <laughs> these are some, like, elite um, you know, in, in their time, they, they have very respectable careers, especially playing just in the world that's not necessarily the U.S. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will post a link, but I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So, anyways, that's my spiel. Love Once again, this has been another amazing episode of Email My Nothing. We want to thank you personally because we don't know why you keep tuning in, but for some reason you keep doing it. We appreciate you greatly. We thank you so much. I have been Mookie. And this is Rafiki. And it's your boy Matt. And this is Even More About Nothing. Until next time, we bid you adieu. Stop it,